It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are fired up today. We're talking total. Say what? Total energies. Say what? Total. However you want to say it, man. We're talking the thing that gets us to and from. It allows our cars to run because right now, it's all about keeping your car running. You know the average car on the road right now hit an all-time high. 12 years is the average length of the uh, the cars on the road. That's the oldest it's it's ever been. Yeah. You know, so think of that. That's the average. So think of how old some of those other cars are because there's a whole bunch of newer cars. And to end up at 12 something, right? Man, we got some we got some machinery that just keeps on ticking, but it takes a little bit of effort. You know, once they start getting that old and beyond, man, it takes a little bit of, you know, little TLC uh, to keep those things running. Isn't it crazy when you think about classic cars typically you have to get that 25-year stamp, but nowadays, 25 years, bro, we're talking the late 90s. <laughs> we're talking, I'm like, what? You know? And, and nobody will recall this, but there was a time in the late 90s where you could actually roll up at a, at a stoplight and ask somebody for mustard, and you, you may actually have gotten it. It's just a, a weird thing about the late 90s. <laughs> it's, it's out there. Oh, man. Well, you know, we're going to talk about... Uh, total energies and where they are, their footprint around the world. Uh, but most importantly, how they can improve, you know, our vehicles and keeping them running performance wise, especially when we get into the engine, you know, things like cold starts, you know, heavy towing, you know, a lot of us are performance guys. We're out there either racing or we're full throttling, uh, off the light. We're having some fun. We're really enjoying, we're pushing our vehicles. Uh, we got to take care of them. Yeah, man, not only that, but everybody has heard the impacts. Everybody has seen this shift towards electric. And a lot of the, the people that are still on, you know, gas or plan on being on gas for a long time, at least I, I believe they're aware of the fact of how to lessen the impact on the environment. And the company we're going to be speaking with today has really gone. I mean, you talk about going after it aggressively. Um, their Their pursuit is to just have oil become more efficient, um, reduce, you know, uh, the impact of, of what the oil is doing, the impact on the environment, maximize performance, uh, and really um, just keeping those vehicles running cleaner and, and longer, which is, as you can tell, 12.2 years. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite a task they got because I, I imagine that number is going to keep getting older and older and older, at least for the foreseeable future. Well, and think about this. I mean, how many people are going to resist, you know, buying that first electric vehicle and just kind of hang on to their their gas vehicle because it's doing the things that they want to do, whether they're, you know, going cross country to see grandma or towing their boats or whatever it is. Uh, so, you know, we might want to keep these things uh, moving and cruising and uh, doing real well for us for a, for a long time. Yeah, man. And the thing about this company is we're not dealing with a, a, a small company. This is a massive energy company like you wouldn't believe some of the big things that they're doing all over the globe they're i mean they really do have their hands in so many things from solar and you know getting getting not just the oil or the gas out of the ground cleaner um and and creating ways that we could expand on you know some of the older fossil fuels uh but really looking aggressively at, at what comes next and how we're going to power it so uh, imagine for people excited about that um, they're going to learn and hear a lot of interesting uh, sort of subject matter in today's podcast. Let's come back after the break and, and really dive into this topic. All right, man. Get your quartz out. Now, I'm not talking countertops. I'm talking oil. Yeah, we'll hit that up here in just a second. It's the Two Guys Garage podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we are back after the break.
It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have we have some big time, well, it's just big time people. When you think about Total and Total Energies, um, Louis Sakara, uh, he is the production manager. Darren Lasinski, he's a technical director. These guys have all the ins and outs, what's coming down the pipe, what we need to be keeping our eyes on, and what we need to forget, like that ex-girlfriend that won't keep, you know, won't stop texting you and keep messaging you. God, she's annoying. Um, so, Darren, Lewis, welcome to the podcast, man. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, let's talk about your company. A lot of people probably overseas know of Total, and now you guys are transitioning into Total Energies. Tell us a little bit about what it's like, you know, grinding for that company. I mean, it is a massive footprint. You you guys are doing some great things. Yeah, thanks, Willie. Um, Total Energies, we had name change going back into uh, last year into this year. It went from Total to Total Energies. Um, we're excited about that because it basically set our footprint for different energy avenues we're going into, whether it be oil, natural gas, electricity. we got hydrogen, uh, biomass, wind, and solar. So, we covered the table with the chips on all those energy fronts, and we're expanding those technologies and the downstream activities such as the engine oils. Yeah, and for, further to what Darren's saying here, you'll notice that we changed from our total or total sphere to the Total Energies logo, which is pretty colorful. Yeah. The reason for that is each one of the colors covers one of the uh, different energy markets we covered. Darren talked about solar and wind, but especially biomass, hydrogen, electricity, natural gas, and lastly, our division here at Total Energies Marketing USA, the oil sector. So we've talked yeah. about how we're trying to, you know, be more green in different respects, but there's plenty of work to be done in oil, and that's where we're working. Yeah, you know, a lot of people don't realize how much, you know, more efficient oil and IC engines can be, and it really starts with the oil. So what are you guys finding out as far as efficiency goes? How much better can we make it, and where's there room to grow? Well, overall, uh, generally speaking, there's been a big drop in viscosity. We all know that. Back in the day, it was 2050 straight weights back in the 70s into the 80s. Then once you got up, up into what they call API uh, classification, SF, and going forward, you got into 5W30s. Now we're down into the 020s. We got 12 weights. We got 012, 018s, depending on the engine manufacturer. Zero teens. It's like water. Zero teens. You hear it's that, like Willie? Zero teens. Uh, Zero twenty was crazy. Yeah, how do you get filtered? It is water. Yeah. So when it's water, you know, there's hardly any of the the thickness, lubric you know, you gotta have magic. You gotta put some magic back in, right? Well, not to brag, but that's where to total energies comes in because of our racing heritage. We have to know about the activation temperatures that protect the metal. And from our racing heritage, that gave us a lot of data over the years. It's the last what, 40, 50 years? of what additives work, what type of base oil matrix to go into to pacify that engine. Oh, okay, man. You, you had me at racing. You had me at racing, bro. You locked me in. I was sewing your hearts. I was sending you the, the emoji with the heart eyes. Um, how do you uh, uh, explain a little bit? Of, you said into racing, 50 years into racing. Um, explain what you guys have been doing and, you know, how you guys have been pushing your product to test its its limits and where those boundaries are at. I mean, uh, so Darren's dating himself. It's actually been uh, <laughs> over 60 years. We're already in the 2020s. These 
years fly by, but I'm trying to stay young. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, in the past, <laughs> we used to partner with Citroën, Renault, Peugeot, very French names, I know, but we're a French company. Um, more recently, we've partnered with companies like Aston Martin, uh, Paul Miller in the East Coast of the U.S. with Paul Miller Racing, RLL. And um, we've not only tested in Europe, but tested in the U.S. and saw that our technologies, and most specifically, the synthetic base stock that we're using is really helping to protect your engine, keep it younger for longer uh, against these high temperatures that you experience while racing. Now, Kevin, you've seen this, man. As an engineer, you know that there's hot spots and, you know, just heat in an engine. A, is the, the biggest killer there is, but there's a lot more of it generated nowadays with tighter tolerances, uh, smaller orifices, uh, and just the, the combustion chamber, the heat produced out of there, uh, along with the metals to move it. Um, that's, that's quite a challenge and task to take up for sure. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, from several ends of it, you know, as you develop these hot spots or just overall higher loads uh you know your oil temperatures can go up uh your your engines are smaller right we're boosting them so for the same you know basic sort of uh journal bearing sizes and crank sizes you know we've got much higher and higher loads so we've got to distribute those uh without getting that metal to metal contact you know with higher oil temperatures and of course the pressures are going to drive those localized temperatures sky high and then you have things like turbos uh, where you're feeding oil through, you know, a little journal bearing or maybe even a roller bearing at uh, incredibly high speeds, well over 200,000 RPMs inside a turbo. Uh, and then think about it, when you shut the engine off, the oil stops, it's just sitting in there, it's baking, it's coking. Uh, so you really don't want the breakdown of oil and forming deposits and coking and those types of things. Uh, so you've got a lot of different ends to think about. Uh, with these with these engines, like you said, with tight tolerance and super high loads, running localized, really hot temperatures that can break things down. Uh, so how do you guys, uh, I assume from your racing, uh, you can re really kind of test those boundaries. Uh, and then it probably carries over quite well when you start talking about some of these OE vehicles, Hellcats and EcoBoosts and everything else that are out there. Well, how do you defend against the heat, man? Because heat is... Wow, uh, you know, my car, I put a 180 thermostat in all my old hot rods, but cars nowadays are running 220 as their normal temps. So, you know, um, there's a lot to be said there, uh, and sometimes they get a lot hotter. So how do you guys defend against, you know, the heat, which is more common than it's ever been? Well, the heat load is basically based, goes onto the base fill that's chosen to formulate the product. So with that being said, we use polyalkylolefins, we use uh, alkylnaphylines in our, in our formulary. We have a much uh, higher threshold for heat. Um, we use added, added, the antioxidants also kick in uh, for longer term. So it's, it's, a, it's a fine balance between the antioxidants and the base oils that we're choosing, depending on the formula, of course. Uh, uh, you know, the 020 to 030 going up to the 530, they're adjusted differently for the package and for the OEM. Um, as you guys know, Europe was ahead of us here in the United States in regard to four cylinders. Uh, I know years ago, Pontiac came out with the Iron Duke 4, right? But Europe is really uh, the starting point for most of the four-cylinder technologies, tighter tolerances. And us being a European-born uh, company in regards to the uh, formulations, we were ahead of the curve with, with heat tolerances. What's, you know, what, what, what can we handle with, with whatever matrix of the base oil and antioxidants we're choosing? And then we just brought it over here once market expanded. In regard to those smaller engines, the power density, 
what Kevin mentioned. So, you know, everything now is a four cylinder with a turbo on it. So in that regard, we're ahead of the curve with pacifying those engines. When you start dropping viscosities, do you have to get more aggressive on some of the additives and some of the things that you're doing? Or does it just kind of scale down? Yes, you do have to get uh, more aggressive, uh, more robust uh, into some of the additive technologies that we choose to put into the formulations. Exactly right. And I'm sure, you know, we've seen that once an oil starts shearing and those tolerances get really tight, that shearing can happen. And once you, you know, you shear it once, it, it's quicker to shear the second time. And, and on down the line, oil starts breaking down. Um, you guys have some sort of, you know, special, I don't know, uh, formula in there uh, that, that helps eliminate that? Or how do you prevent that, uh, the degradation in the oil after it's been exposed to, to these, this environment? That's a very good question. Um, there's basically four to five different polymer types that are used in classical engine oils all, all the way up to what we're doing now. Um, we use a very stable form of polymer in our formulation across the board uh, in regards to shear stability. Um, we have probably the, one of the lowest shear uh, stability gradings in the marketplace because of that. You're going to need that, to your point, at the, at the lower viscosity levels. And we utilize the latest technology. Nice. And let me ask you this, because so many people are so comfortable or common uses, you know, the American-made Chevy, Ford, um, you know, Chrysler product. Um, we've seen this massive surge. Everybody, you know, at some point has owned a Honda or a Toyota, but now you're seeing performance cars. Seeing a lot of, uh, you know, youngsters today really, uh, you know, loving building those cars they're they're probably the hot rod of tomorrow as well as some of these german applications uh with so much of that that permeation into this country uh, what's different about european oil and what somebody would probably put in their typical american-made car because we know there's a there's a big difference in what they call for yeah it's that's very true uh with these european oems they've been a little more restrictive i'd say with your emissions due to the uh, European emission standards. With that, you have diesel particulate filters, SCRs, EGRs, and uh, being that we formulated our products primarily for the European market and we're bringing it over, um, they're not, you can't just stick any 540 in your Volkswagen that, these days. You know, you have to have one that's right. considered low SAPs, low sulfated ash and phosphorus, uh, or else you're plugging up your catalytic converters, your uh, EGR is you're plugging up your exhaust system and you're kind of choking your engine and uh, fouling your systems up. So what what are the kind of things that you do in the oil uh, for those types of uh, scenarios? What 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 actions? What different you know chemicals or blends or or other? When you say it's a low uh, sap, could you repeat that? That's interesting. Yeah, low sap. So saps is an acronym for sulfated ash and phosphorus. Uh, it's basically, you have to be a little more restrictive with the additive packages that you pick um, when you're mixing them in your formula. Right, Darren? Yeah, there's levels set by both ACIA and API in regard to a SAPS-type engine oil. So you're only allowed certain levels of sulfur and phosphorus. Which are typically good for, for wear, right? Like if we go back in the day, like ZDDP, right? ZDDP in oil is great for, for camshafts. You don't uh, wear them out and... But uh, yeah, then they, they contaminate your, your catalyst. So it's this sort of battle between, right, here's the ingredients that I'd really like to have for wear uh, and friction, but yet it's, it's damaging to my catalytic converter. It's expensive and it's also bad for the environment. So then, yeah, how do you re- 
balance that? What, what, what sort of steps and alternatives do you guys do? Well, that's where more base oil technology matrix comes into play. The type, the type of chemical species of the base oil, like I mentioned before, but also the type of anti-wear additives because there's a slew of them out there that, uh, that we can utilize. Uh, there's different phosphorus compounds, there's different sulfur compounds that uh, provide a little bit more robustness to the formulation. So we can go through all of those, pick the right one for the formulation. So we'll put a little bit more of a more robust one into a, a 018, 020 than we would with a 530. Yeah, much like you said, it's it's really a balancing act. I compare it to trying to uh, be a one-legged server at Sonic with 12 plates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and just to remind folks uh, at home, uh, you know, an oil is a complex mix. You know, there's the base stock. So, right, you're baking a cake. You got a lot of flour. Uh, but there's a lot more to it. There's the sugar and the eggs and, and the vanilla and whatever else that once you blend it all together, it turns it from just flour into, you know, a cake, a pastry, you name it, right? It's the various ingredients. And uh, just like any chef, right, you work out, you know, your magic recipe that's just, wow, you know, bigger and better than the competitions. Uh, and so that's the general challenge. And especially when you start removing ingredients like key and Key things like an egg or sugar in a cake, you know, if you've got to take out ZDDP or sulfur, uh, those kind of things, uh, now you're, you're, you're kind of handcuffed. And so, right, here's where these companies really have to go in and figure out, you know, from the list of options, uh, what can I put in uh, and how does it interact with, you know, other additives, anti-foaming, corrosion, right? I'm sure they're all kind of competing for what's going on in there. So quite an interesting, complex challenge. It's all about chocolate chips nowadays, Kev. All about chocolate yeah. chips. It's all the Telling chocolate. You. That's the key ingredient right there, chocolate M&Ms. chips. M&Ms. If you don't yeah, have chocolate man. chips, you do the M&Ms. You mm. know, like, mm. Mm. yeah. All right, man, look, we got to take a break. We're going to find out more about these chocolate chips, who has them, where they're putting them, and how we get our hands on them in just a minute with the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We melt in your mouth or in your car, not in your hands. Shut up. We'll be back in a minute. This is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And we have Lewis and Darren on. Look up this company, guys. Total Energies. Total Energies is a massive company. And they use all of that, that Herculean power to develop new ways to reduce CO2 reduction, to maximize performance. Um, you know, we were talking about some of the, some of the, sort of the contents of, of some of these oils and what you guys are doing for protection and for shearing and all these crazy weights that we're finding in oils. Before we left on the break, you referenced a, a 018 weight oil, which just, you know, I kind of chuckled when I heard that because I'm like, oh my God, this is no joke. I remember putting that 50 weight. I remember baking the the nails for my Pinewood Derby car and slick 50. Remember that stuff is 50 weight oil? Yeah, man. Baked them in the oven and that stuff stunk up the house, made my mom so mad. Um, anyway, Boy, has has that taken a crazy 180 degree turn? Did you guys ever see that coming? Um, when you saw the, you know, the first car asking for 20 weight, were you surprised? 18 weight? Were you like, huh? Zero 18? Are you like, to me, it's just mind blowing to get that much protection out of an oil that feels like water. I, mean, I, I can honestly see I saw it coming, but there's, I'm I'm a bit younger, so I already grew up in the age of 540s, 530s, moving to five. 20s eventually but i mean i could see how going from a straight weight to 20 50s 15 40s 
it's it's uh, really amazing to think of the fact that we're talking 0, 18, 16, even 0, W8s were in the digits. <laughs> oh, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. But I tell you, it's, it's the work that you guys are doing, uh, developing the oils that let the OEs then design literally the engine around the oil. Right, because they have to meet, you know, the capability, the oil film thickness between bearings and loaded surfaces and whatnot, uh, and and it's your your effort in the oil companies, right, developing all the different formulations uh, and and giving the protection that the the OEs need to be able to then you know size and and shape the bearings and and uh, the geometries and et cetera uh, to be able to leverage that because. You know, it's it's a significant amount of fuel. We talked a little bit about the emissions and pulling out, you know, the harmful things uh, if you're catalyst, SCR, whatever. Uh, but but there's also a huge friction benefit from the low viscosities. Um, sure. And it's really enabled by the work that you guys are doing and the OEs then go and leverage it. Yeah, it's, it's a real push-pull relationship. Uh, they push for more performance or a smaller engine. We come up with solutions. Sometimes we have a solution before they have the problem. Uh, it's a real push pull, but we always try to be a, a little ahead of the curve with our some low viscosity synthetics. Man, you guys are like my wife, but for oil, she could she could notice <laughs> something I'm doing wrong before I even do it. Man, it's like wow, she could <laughs> she could hear something uh, gone bad before I even say it. Um, so, can you break down for us the difference? You know, we talked a little bit about quartz. There's the NEO uh, and even the 9,000. So if people are out there and they're thinking, okay, I, I want to try this oil, um, see for myself how it's going to impact my car, make a difference, and so forth, can you break down what oil best serves what car community um, and, and maybe give us a couple of highlights on each? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're looking at it, we're, we're starting from the Quartz 9,000. Uh, the 9,000 future range is predominantly for U.S. and a uh, Asian OEMs. Uh, moving up to the 9,000 Energy, which is for your uh, Euros without the restrictive emissions, uh, such as your BMW Long Lexer 01, which would be our 9,000 Energy 530 for all those that have an E90 type uh, BMW. Then we move on to the INEO, Quartz INEO, which is predominantly European as well. And that's for those that have the uh, diesel particulate filters, that's our low SAPS range. Um, within that, we have the extras. So it'll say uh, 9,000 extra future or NEO extra. NEO extra or the extra denotes that it's 0W20 or less viscous fluids. Before you move off that, I don't want to get you off to topic, but how bad did the DPF systems throw the oil companies for a loop when they first come out? Because Man, I, I remember when those first dropped, they were they were a real pain. They'd regen, they'd go into regen mode because they were getting uh, so dirty so quickly. Uh, a lot had to be, you know, you talk about that push-pull relationship. There was a lot in, in that alone, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was a bit before my time. <laughs> but it was very difficult. Um, like we talked about before, we were so accustomed to using Molly, uh, ZDDP, stuff like that. And when these emission standards come out yet you had to yeah. find new ways to pacify the friction and the heat. So it was a, a challenge. Kevin made a, a, a very good point before about the, uh, going from, well, let me back up. We, when, when we went from API SN to SN plus to SP, that was, that was the game changer in regard, in regard to the specification for the oils because of the low spark pre-ignition, 
situation that all the engine manufacturers were experiencing. Honda experienced it. GM experienced it. Ford, they all did. Because of the fact of how the formulations were created and how they were, were reacting in these four cylinders with the turbos. So that's why we had to go from SN to SM plus to SP. The formulations changed drastically with the type of metals that were being used. So that's, and we got that from our racing heritage and our data bank. We could pull, yeah. we could pull that ball of knowledge out and implement it. Yeah, that's another, that's another problem you guys helped solve. I forgot about that. Low speed PI. Uh, typically, you know, the way the OEs run a turbo, it's to try to get you as much torque down low. So very low RPMs, shoot the torque up. It feels like a bigger engine versus the old days where you put a big turbo on it and you make some power, but you got this lag. Well, anyway, when you build power at that low speed and a high torque, a high BMEP, uh, you have this phenomenon called low speed, pre low speed pre-ignition, low speed PI. Uh, so you'd just be running around and you're in this, you know, heavily loaded or you stomp on your gas uh, and all of a sudden ping, 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 ping. Uh, you get a couple of pings in there, uh, just like pre-ignition, uh, just like if your spark was way too advanced, but it's been the same spark the whole time. Uh, and, and some of that's been traced to, I think some of the contents in the oil that you guys have figured out how to, let's say, replace and reformulate to really kind of, uh, help sort of negate some of those issues. And, and, Willie, and to Willie's point, his point before, there's another aspect that we, when we formulate, we have to consider is compatibility with the seals. Years ago, my father had a straight six back in 1965, and the rear seal was always leaking. So he put that cooking sheet underneath the truck in the morning, uh, home, collected <laughs> the oil, and poured it right back in the top, right? So what happens now, when we're, he knows what I'm talking about. So fast forward. When, when we change base soils, we're changing polarity in that engine. So we have to be cognizant of when we change those base soils and the polarity, how it's going to act on those seals and gasket materials in that engine. Wow. Because to the point of pour about 12.2 years, you don't want to put an oil in there that's going to blow out the seal. Absolutely. We are spoiled these days with exceptional seal technology. I would take it for granted. Right? Never yeah. hardly do you see a, a newer vehicle in the last... 10 years or, or more, uh, leave a spot on the driveway where almost every single vehicle, it was just a nightmare, right? Like you said, the cookie sheets or the stains. Uh, so yeah, you, you take some some great seal technology and and uh, yeah, you put the wrong chemistry in there and go back in time, right? <laughs> Mess those things up. Uh, Darren Lewis, I do a, a program called Cars for Christmas and we repair you know older cars and, and give them to needy families. Uh, I recently given away about 35 cars because, you know, Christmas came late for most people this year because I, I had a house fire. I don't get off on a different tangent, but I, I wasn't around my house to work on the cars. So I had to do it later this year. So I recently just gave away the cars uh, more so in the summer. But my point is all these new cars, man, to me, they leak 10 times worse than the new ones. All this new gasket technology, they must be putting something in there because these seals <laughs> suck. They're awful. I've never seen cars leak like modern cars. I say modern cars, but most of the cars we were giving away are 2007 to 2012, somewhere in that ballpark. But my God, every car leaks nowadays. Every one of them, man. It's crazy. When, what, uh, yeah, what, uh, what compounds the problem, Willie, is the fact that you may go to the garage one day and say, okay, I'm going to buy Mobile One. Then the next, then 3,000 miles later, you're going in. I'm buying this, I'm buying Vibling, I'm buying Total Energy, I'm buying this. Those oils have different compatibility 
profiles, especially when you go out and buy a, a long, a, a long life or a, what a you know, extended, extended mile. Extended life. Mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So when you buy those oils, that compatibility profile or the polarity profile is a lot different than something that you would put in that engine brand new. And that's going to wreak havoc on an old seal. Interesting, man. Mm. Very interesting to know. What do you recommend? What do you recommend? Do you just uh, pick? I mean, obviously, we pick your brand. But, I mean, do you pick a brand and, and, and try to stay consistent? Uh, is there something that they can look on labels? Uh, you know, a lot of folks are, are, are doing the drive-through oil changes. Um, yeah. You know, for seals, because, you know, hey, that's that's kind of a new one to a lot of folks, uh, something to think about. Uh, well, it impacts the environment, right? Yeah. I mean, you get oil on the ground, that washes into the into the streams and the rivers, lakes, ponds. It's wreaking havoc. So you want something that's going to, you know, keep those seals intact and also protect the engine. Right, right. So, you ever, you ever seen a you ever seen a small child pick up a dog or pick up an animal? Like it stresses you out the way they pick them up, right? I feel like most people pick out yeah. their oil at the department store the same way. They're like, ah, 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 this one might work, ah, and pull pull it off. Um, they really should pay attention to what those additives, what that formula is doing. To things like seals, something we probably take for granted uh, more often than not. Right. Um, so, like you were saying about your specific oils, um, you said that, I believe I wrote because I was writing it down, you said um, 9,000, that's more of the Asian car. The quartz is more of the American passenger car. I believe I heard you say, right, it's more of the American-style passenger car. Yeah, the 9,000 future uh, is U.S. And, and Asian. And then um, when you go yeah, 9,000 future, yeah. Yeah, and then when you go into the Indio range, that's primarily European. There's always some crossover because, as you know, OEMs change ownership. For example, Chrysler is no longer an American company, so their specs are all changing. So we do have a bit of crossover right. between the two. All right, so you you guys heard it, man. If you got US Asia, you know you're going to be good with the 9,000 future, right? If you got a Euro car, the Indio. These guys are going to take care of you, man. You're going to get your seals. You're not going to be dripping oil. You're going to be polluting the water systems. Uh, you're not going to be messing up your catalytic converters. You're going to get awesome film strength. You're going to tolerate heat. So here we are. This is your solutions right there. Make it easy. You don't have to pick up that cat all squishy and, and hanging and, and dangling. And <laughs> right, right. Yeah. right. Holding the chihuahua wrong. I'm like, yep. he's going to bite yep. you. He's going to bite you. <laughs> And Kevin, for the old school guys like Willie and me, so we got we got the 10W60 racing. If you want that zinc level, so we have the zinc there too. Yeah, we got the quartz in your racing yeah. 1060. We got a racing 1050, and even the 2050 if you're brave enough. Oh dang, you guys have it all. All right, it's got ZDDP in there. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Whew, that's what I'm talking about. That's the goods. <laughs> you got us all covered. Right. Yeah, we, we try. <laughs> so, hey, man, you guys really have attacked that thoroughly. Man, see it, and it flies. And these podcasts really do fly by, so we'll have to have you on again down the road. Um, where do people find your product? Because you guys are just saturating, you know, the American market. Where do people go and get the goods, get, you know, Total Energy's products, the Quartz, the Ineo, the 9000 Future? Where, where's the best way to find and, and resource your products? Well, you can always go to our website. We have uh, somewhere where you can find our major distributors. It's uh, services.totalenergies.com. Um, all right, man. Well, look, we really appreciate your time. 
Uh, thanks so much for coming on and explaining this. We we found you on the show. We love the product. It's really cool to get in-depth with you. So we definitely thank you for your time, uh, Lewis and Darren. It was uh, very interesting, eye-opening. I'm sure people learned something, uh, to say the least, man. Uh, and don't forget about our show. It airs the weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. Also available on Motor Trend Plus, which is their streaming format, a great resource to find us. Thanks to our guests, Lewis Sakara and Darren Lisinski. Um, our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He is Kevin Bird and I and Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. Yeah, and don't forget, check out our website too, twoguysgarage.com. Lots of stuff from the show, great projects, products that we use, and share your thoughts on uh, social. We're everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyright 2022, Burton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Right on you guys. Thanks so much, man. We definitely appreciate it. Thank you for having us, guys. Thank you very much. Thanks, fellas. I tell you what, I've had so many conversations about oil over the years, and there's just always more, and it, it, it clogs my brain up, and it's great when you can come and, and, and refresh my brain, and I can learn something new every time. So appreciate your time. Guys, I hope you learned something as well. We'll catch you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.